KCL or live with thanks to Fairgreen Shopping Centre Carlo with a fantastic range of shops, food outlets and a state-of-the-art IMC cinema. See fairgreen.ie. Stunning voice of Sinead O'Connor there, joined on the line now by Niall Stokes, founder and editor of Hot Press magazine, and in studio by John Masterson, who has worked with Sinead. I'll start with you, Niall. I I really don't know how you could put into words the massive impact Sinead has had on us, not just musically, but maybe we'll start with that. What do you think her musical legacy is going to be? Um, It's very hard to put that into anything less than uh, 50,000 words. (laughs) <laughs> but Sinead was uh, she broke the mould really and especially for Irish women um, you know Ireland had been a place where women were great interpreters of songs and they sang you know the folk tradition was very strong here the great singers like Mary Black and Moeny Vrenon from Clannad and uh, Maura O'Connell and so on but there were very few Irish women writing their own songs and singing their own songs and producing their own records. And Sinead emerged as a really uh, bright, sparkling new talent uh, at a very young age. I mean, she put an ad in Hot Press uh, looking for a band to join at the age of 15. And we were from then, she was in there at the office. uh, And it was really uh, a very um you know a big moment for us when she was uh signed by ensign records um she, i saw her met her first uh, singing with the water boys in the olympic ballroom in dublin she did a guest slot there and she was absolutely stunning brilliant and of course she didn't just sing brilliantly she was also really striking looking very beautiful wonderful eyes and a great smile um, and so she made an, an impression on everyone straight away. And uh, so when she came around to, to, to making The Lion and the Cobra, uh, she really had that kind of in the sense of her own uh, in, independent voice. And she wanted to make great records. And she was a musician. So she wasn't just a singer. She was somebody who understood the whole dynamic of music. She, she co-produced uh, that first album, and it is it is a great album. I mean, the song like Mandinka with the Banshee Whale. I mean, that was a that was that was a new phenomenon which Schneid, look, looking at punk and taking things on the stage further. Uh, she she invented this new approach to singing for Irish women um, and of course Dolores O'Riordan was very influenced by that and really we can say that every single Irish female uh, performer since has had the legacy of Sinead's great independence and spirit and and, and, and belief in the importance of being true to yourself as an artist uh, to look at and to be inspired by 
she absolutely was true to herself, Niall, wasn't she? And I think she described herself as being a poet, but just happened to be as well incredibly musically talented and, of course, was was a very striking woman as well. Is there a standout song or a standout album for you? You mentioned how young she was when her first album came out, but she had been peddling away. What stands out for you across the decades of her brilliance? Well, I think um, <clears throat> there's no question but that um, the 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 uh, great single that everyone uh, knows her best by, Nothing Compares to You, was an, an extraordinary moment. It was one of those m- magical things that happens in the popular music cultural space every now and then, where the video for the song amplifies it in an extraordinary way and when you think about that video it is a very simple video it's a camera held essentially on Sinead's face for the bulk of the song Uh, and you see in the changing expressions on her face the emotions uh, that are uh, being conveyed in the song and then there's that extraordinary moment when she mentions her mama um, and of course it's a Prince song but the, the reference to a mother in it uh, inspires the first tear to run down her cheek uh, and then you see a second tear on the other cheek and it is an utterly iconic uh, video and you know it, 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 it is an absolutely extraordinary moment uh, and it, it, I mean I, I would make a comparison with where Hosier take me to church where the video connect with the music in an extraordinary way and turn that into an enormous global uh, sensation. And the same happened with, with uh, Nothing Compares to You. And, you know, the album the album is a great uh, album. But, of course, Sinead continued to make great records, to sing absolutely brilliant. I mean, you paid a little bit of You Made Me the Thief of Your Heart there, and that's a great song. Where she, she was working with Gavin Friday uh, on that. Um, and it was for... Uh, Jim Sheridan's film in the name of the father and you know it's a, it's just a measure of she 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 made great contributions to uh, albums by the chieftains and she collaborated with loads of people very successfully people always wanted Sinead to be involved because she brought something completely unique to her performances and uh, she was really an, a, a fantastic singer and she had beautiful voice but also she entered the song, she owned the song. She was so much uh, more. I'm going to bring John Masterson in now, if that's OK, because, John, we were talking earlier and you mentioned that many people in that business, they go into autopilot. She didn't. And what I think was she wasn't able to. Well, I was fortunate. Hello, Niall. I was fortunate enough to bump into her a good number of times, particularly when I was doing the Late Late and, and after when I was in RT doing some, some things with her, to, to be you know up close to her when she was singing um, anything, be it Nothing Compares to You or a variety of other songs, she was absolutely extraordinary. The sound and just to to look at her. But an awful lot of people, when you meet sort of star artists, and she, Sinead wasn't a star. Sinead was a super, super, superstar. She was a worldwide one of the most recognisable people on the planet, I would say, say at times. She had a great ability to move uh, out of automatic pilot. And I can remember a few times having lovely conversations with her that that sprang out of nowhere where you realised you were having a con- conversation. One was around the time of Universal Mother 
and she had recorded Scorn Not uh, His Simplicity and uh, a Phil Coulter song and she worked with Phil quite often Phil was very involved in her early records he plays piano on some, on, on, on some of them and it, it was lovely to be able to just have a chat about the song and then she would talk about various words and why she thought about them in, in various ways but you realised you weren't talking to a superstar you were just having a chat over a cup of tea or, 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 or whatever it was and I, I think fame sat on easily to be as famous as as she was. I remember many years later um, with John Dunford, who was Sharon Shannon's manager. John and I did a number of projects together, and we were doing stuff with Glenstall uh, Abbey and with that the, the monks. And Sinead rang John one day, and she expressed an interest. She had heard about it somewhere, and John said, "Come on down to Glenstall." So we went down to to Glenstall, and it was it was illustrative to see the kind of burden of fame because we were having a discussion about what we would do, and there was a, there was a variety of people there. But as soon as Sinead opened her mouth, there was silence, and everyone turned to her, you know. And 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 what she was trying to do was probably have a collaborative conversation. Now that project came came to, came to nothing, but her interest was in the music. Was there something she could contribute? She wasn't being the star. She was being, I'm a musician. If there's something I can do here that'll work with you guys, let's do it. I remember Imelda May telling an incredible story about a difficult moment in her life and she was performing with Sinead and Sinead just straight away saw it with no words whatsoever. She was so empathetic. Do you have any stories about her, Niall, that, that our listeners would be interested in this morning, about her, the person as opposed to the musician or the or the activist? Well, she, she, she would... I mean, Sinead could have uh, had a load of advisors and PR people uh, who would manage her affairs and relationship with the media and so on. Um, but, of course, she wasn't the remotest bit interested in that. So Sinead would make the phone call herself, ring through, be Sinead O'Connor's on the line there or whatever, and um, she would get whatever was on her mind, off her mind, and or talk about whatever was, uh, you know, uh, she, she, she was uh, upset by or you know, how she was getting on or whatever. But she used to ring me at home here, and uh, my son, who was eight at the time, Rowan, used to pick up the phone a lot. Um, and she got to know uh, Rowan. And uh, about the fifth call in, she said to him, do you like jokes? And he said, yeah. <laughs> and she proceeded to tell him a joke about uh, polar bears. And uh, I won't repeat it here because it ends in expletives. <laughs> but... <laughs> I'm sure that was delightful for eight-year-old. She, made, she didn't. She, she didn't have any of the inhibitions. No, she didn't. That other people burdened themselves with. Um, she, she, she was. I mean, I, I loved her use of expletives. She was brilliant. Uh, you know, just in terms of the freedom of expression that she had, uh, and of course, she was extremely funny. Um, you know, she she was very witty and and and. Uh, she just loved loved the crack. She loved mischief. Um, but I, 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 a highlight for me in terms of my relationship with Sinead and my, my memories of Sinead uh, was from a night of the Hot Press Awards. And uh, we had decided to uh, see if we could get Nina Simone to Dublin to present her 
with a Lifetime Achievement Award. Was Lena Simone was a fantastically uh, brilliant and uh, influential uh, singer, a woman of extraordinary integrity and uh, we, we we thought okay we've got to get somebody who uh, is of sufficient stature to present uh, Nina Simone with the award and so I called Sinead and she immediately said yeah absolutely love it I, I adore Nina Simone she's brilliant um, so it was one of those singular moments to be on stage with Sinead uh, when Nina Simone was called to the stage and Sinead presented her with the award. It was absolutely a beautiful moment and I was, uh, you know, just to be up there on the stage with those two wonderful, iconic, marvellously influential women uh, was, was amazing. I'm sure it was. I feel it's lovely and it's really important to remember that, Sinead, this morning. But I suppose we can't but mention that moment that we've talked about a lot over the years when she tore up the picture of the Pope. Something that I thought was interesting was that she said, people say that tearing up that picture somehow derailed my career. I feel the opposite of that. In fact, having a number one record derailed my career. Would either of you like to comment on that? I, I, I suppose I, I, I felt at the time, first of all, there was a, there was a, a sort of a reference involved um, where Bob Geldof had torn up the picture uh, of Olivia Newton, uh, John and John Travolta on top of the Pops a few years earlier when Rat Trap went to number one, the first Irish rock single to go to number one in the UK. So Sinead was showing her awareness of the history of Irish music when she did that but of course when she tore the, the picture of the Pope and she, the, the words she said at the time were fight the real enemy um, she was addressing something which uh, was you know, hugely important in terms of women's position in society in Ireland. I mean don't forget that was the decade in which names like Anne Lovett, Eileen Flynn and Joanne Hayes were etched forever into the bruised psyches of a generation. And 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 Sinead had come through that, had lived through that, and she knew that the uh, marriage of church and state in Ireland had been uh, a desperately damaging uh, a facet in the development of this country. And she made that statement at the time and I think that she's what she said was important. I mean, it is true that there was a terrible reaction to that in the states. She was vilified. Um, it, brought, it, 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 it certainly didn't uh, help her career in inverted commas. If that was what of was, was was of interest, but of course that wasn't really what Sinead was about. She didn't care about the commercial aspect of things. It was much more important to her to try and be herself and express herself honestly and openly any time she could. And of course, you know, you, you can't get away from the fact that she dealt with mental health issues. She was very open about that. She had, a, 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 you know, a, a, she had a very difficult time dealing with uh, you know, aspects of life that other people negotiate uh, without the same level of trauma. Um, you know, and, and, and that's just a fact that she, she found certain aspects of everyday life really tough. But she was a phenomenal artist and a brilliant singer. And uh, she made a huge uh, impact 
on Ireland and the Irish society. I mean, John mentioned, you know, how well known she was uh, globally. She was probably the best known Irish woman in history. Um, wow. And, you know, it's extraordinary to be able to say that about the girl that we knew at the age of 15 coming into the press office and putting her ad in, uh, looking for a, a, a band to join. Mm. If she had torn up the picture on the Late Late Show, it would have been a one-week fuss. But she did it in the most conservative country in the English-speaking world, probably, and, and it, it, it had, had an enormous impact. But I'm also thinking, and, and, and Niall will, will know, know well John Reynolds, because John and Sinead um, and... Um, their, their son Jake but J- John worked with Sinead so much in the beginning and, and I think uh, co-produced her they co- co-wrote things and around about 1997 98 um, I did a TV series where we took the point for five nights and we uh, it was for RTE and for PBS in America and we started it off with Sinead and the song that we used, and it was she and John had, had chosen us, was Thank You For Hearing Me. And when I listened to it this morning, because it's a live version of it, and she just does the first line, Thank You For Hearing Me, and the audience erupts into not into that kind of appreciative um, uh, applause. And uh, I remember uh, going out to a studio out in the north side with John afterwards because they had decided that was the track they wanted to put on the uh, on the album, and him being an absolute pleasure to work with. But he was a, a mu- musical and personal rock of support for her, and and it, it must be a, a devastating day for him. But I listened to it this morning. Oh, thank you for hearing me. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for seeing me and for not leaving me. And it's it's again. I've I've heard Sinead in many interviews talk about um, songs being an autobiography and she says if people say they're not singing about themselves they're just telling you lies and practically every song you listen to now you hear in a in in a new in in a new way again but the the apart from the wonderful artist uh, I had a good friend who used to come over from England every now and again who had been grown up in Dublin been around Dublin worked in RTE and whenever he was uh, in Dublin, he'd do the usual thing. He'd catch up with all his own mates. And I remember coming into my kitchen one night, and there was Sinead having a cup of tea at the, uh, at the table. And she was just Sinead. And I'm so glad that I had a little glimpse uh, into her as a person, never at the level of knowing her, her troubles and demons. I, 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 it wouldn't have been that type of relationship. But also to see up close the just extraordinary talent she was. And I mean, uh, Niall, I hadn't thought of it that way. She probably is the most famous Irish person ever. Yeah. It's quite the yeah, same. John, well, you mentioned Thank You For Hearing Me, and I had it was a song I had noted down here, you know, as one people people tend to think in some way that she achieved her you know greatest moments as an artist um in those first couple of albums but songs like thank you for hearing me and no man's woman you know they're absolutely extraordinary songs and thank you for hearing me is a particularly beautiful brilliant song um so it's important to say that she she continued to write great songs she continued to sing like and in the most extraordinary way um, and she was a master of the craft I mean it wasn't just that she could stand up in a room and sing she knew how to use a microphone she had that sort of fantastic technique of moving the mic away when she got louder and 
you know, managing uh, the relationship with the microphone. And then, of course, the the audience experience of that as a way into she 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 owned the song. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny you should and, say that. Uh, I was I was chatting with Una before we came on, and I was saying I have never ever seen anyone use a microphone the way she did. It was her voice was one instrument, but 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 the microphone was kind of the, the two of them were were juxtaposed together, and it would it would come close and it would go in. She was moving it all the time, and mm. uh, and obviously hearing in her ears her her her, her own, own voice. But in any of the times I I saw her saw her sing, she never ever she didn't have the ability to go through the motions. She 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 just lived each and every one of those songs, um, and of course I remember. I mean, Gay was terribly terribly fond of her. And um, I can remember various times going for m- maybe going for a walk with Gay or uh, or have, having a, a cup of coffee, and there was something in the papers about Sinead, and he had this great, I suppose I'd call it an avuncular attitude to her, and he'd look and say, "Is there anything we could do to help that lovely girl?" You know, and I mean, obviously, he it never went any any further than that, and, and he didn't. But she had that effect on people and anyone who knew her up close I mean you looked into those eyes and I mean half the men in the world fell in love with her and the other half just just listened but she she was uh, and, a, and she's such a tiny little woman I mean when you stood beside her you sort of felt you know if you, if, if you puffed you, you, you'd, you'd blow over but so much and a, a lo- local thing she went to school in Newtown here for a while um, when she was a teenager down, down in Waterford uh, I think probably for for a year or so, and, and and I think that probably was where some of her personality may may have may have formed. But they're such a talented family. I remember being her, her being in, and her older sister Emer coming in, who's who's a terrific artist, and uh, and and her dad, who who also w- was around. It's a t- it, it's terribly sad. It's very very sad. Niall and John, thank you so much for coming in this morning and remembering the beautiful, the iconic Sinead O'Connor. President Higgins described her as having had an unmatched talent. I think we'd all agree with that. She was vulnerable. She was powerful. She was pure. And I'm not sure any song embodies all of those things that she was as well as this one. sunny day Somewhere in London in the middle of nowhere Didn't have nothing to do that day Didn't want to do 